Welcome to True House Stories. I'm Lenny Fontana coming out of Nuevo York, New York City in the cold tundra, the Arctic. First snowstorm happened and we got a little bit of brushing, but New York State and up there is getting blasted with continuous snow. It's like, again, we got people stupid enough to go in their cars and get stuck out there on the roads. They tell you stay off the roads. Someone please tell me why. Why in God's name would you go and run out knowing there's a massive snowstorm you get stuck with your car? But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but So let's go in the little boat across the ocean through the hurricanes and get to that part of the world, which I love the most as a DJ and record producer and a person that loves making records and, and enjoying these people so much, and I'm saying the English, the UK. I'm going to set our sights on the United Kingdom. Recently, this pair of guys, this team, the dynamic duo, named The Who, was on a show by Mr. Jam. And Mr. Jam was pushing and pushing and saying, who the hell's under those masks? We want to see who's under those masks. It turned out on Mr. Jam's show, they unveiled the mask. And I'm going to ask them why they decided to do it, because they liked the idea of going out where it was just focused for them. The idea was focus on the music. Don't look at us. Just focus on what you're hearing, because we want you to like what we're doing. And then we'll show you how handsome we are later. But right now, we want you to love our music because we're so damn handsome, okay? That you may fall in love with us and then forget what you're dancing to. But we want to keep you locked and motivated on that dance floor, to say the least. This talented duo has generations of respect from one of them and a younger guy as well as you will hear. So it's nice to hear that the two worlds can come together with experience and knowledge. Bring it all to one to make Big hit records. Big hit records. They're streaming heavy. They're Grammy nominated. Remember that I said that? Grammy nominated. That is a big to-do and a big deal. Okay? Especially for dance act and dance producers to get Grammy nominated. So, enough of me talking. Without further ado, let's bring up The Who, Tom. Hello, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Right. thanks for having us, man. Thank you for coming on, guys. It's my pleasure. All I right. will say this your management kept me in the lobby for a year waiting. <laughs> it kept me in the <laughs> lobby, he does that. Like in the Godfather, it kept me in the lobby waiting to take a number. So I had to wait, <laughs> but anyway, it was worth the wait. And I'm glad because I know originally when management came to me, they said. Well, Lenny, they want to do with the mask. I says, I don't have a problem with that. He says, I think we're going to be doing something special soon, and we want to wait. Good old George. We give George kudos. <laughs> George yes, rang me and said, they're ready. So now we're ready. We're ready to hear your story, both of you. Love Welcome that, to the show. Hope you guys are fine. You relaxed? Yeah, 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 mate. Yeah, all good. All good. All right, so here's how we do this. I'm going to ask one question, and you're going to have to each take turns because... Each one of you is very important. So I ask it the same way every time. How does music find you? 
or both of you as young kids into where you basically meet. It's like almost like dating. Dating game. Here we go. Wow. Who's going to start, Rob? Do you want to go first? Tell your yeah, story. I'll, yeah, I'll start. Um, All right, mate. Well, I I started music like the first experience where music made me feel amazing was like I lived with my grandmother and uh, my uncle was a pianist and um, you know like he he used to like play in jazz bars and piano bars and stuff like that and um, once he put me on his lap and put my hands on his hands and he started playing this amazing thing and that's the first feeling i had where i went ah oh, shit this is amazing do you know what i mean and kind of from there onwards um that's where i i, I got the seed and the bug i think do you know what i mean and then I, you know, I started uh, music lessons and blah, 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 blah. But uh, the, the magic happened is when I was eight years old and I realized that you actually can invent your own melodies. And from there onwards, I stayed on that piano for 16 hours a day. You know what I mean? um, so that's how music found me. That was the first kind of. So and um, before we go even for, before we even go to Tom's story, let's just make sure music finds you that way. So of course, at eight years old, piano lessons, melodies, and all that takes us to the point to how you become a record producer. So keep going on. Let's hear that. Uh, keep going. Right. And um, so then I started. Um, I've taught myself a lot of jazz and blues and stuff. My like just listening to people like Oscar Peterson and Petrucciani, Czech Korea and stuff like that. A lot of Latin fusion and and I started doing jazz bars and stuff like that in Malta, which was an like there was no dance music in that on the island. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, this club opened called X's, which was like one of the biggest clubs in, in, in actually in the world. I think it was the third biggest or something stupid. Um, um, and then I remember I met Steve, who was obviously a DJ, hip hop DJ. We, we actually went, um, we had a, like a hip hop band and then steve was the scratch mixer and i was the keyboardist and i kind of me and steve kind of clicked and uh, the hip-hop act kind of dissolved and me and steve kept working together and steve was the first person kind of to tell me that there is something called a sampler because he remembers back because he lived in malta too so um I actually had a sampler without knowing it was a W30 Roland. And as soon as I, he told me that like the floodgates of creativity came. And obviously um, I moved from playing complicated jazz music um, to <laughs> very simple rave sounds, you know. Um, but it was easier, but it was more fun. You know, all my school friends could come and see me play and stuff like that. So I started playing with Steve at this 
club called X's. And from there, um, we started doing records. I mean, those days we were doing hardcore, you know, like Prodigy style. This was before Jungle and everything, you know. Um, and one time there was a, a DJ in from England, from Kiss FM, called Graham Gold. And Steve was in England, but I still played when Steve was in an Eng was was in Malta. Like I used to do like 20 minutes on the keyboard and sampler, like basically playing records live. And this DJ recorded me on his huge video camera. Them days they were they were huge. <laughs> and um Basically, he brought that to England and a lot of record companies were interested. And obviously, he told, um, Graham told me, if you come to England, I'll manage you. So I obviously moved to England with Steve because he was already there. And uh, we started the Rhythm Masters in 1994, 1993-94. And from there onwards, um, like, you know, started doing house music. And, um, you know, we, we started studying Todd Terry, L Little Louie, and all that, you know, like, and MK those days, and Masters at Work. I mean, and Eric Morillo. Um, we just listened to those records for, for days, probably on weed or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were, like... Big potheads, then. <laughs> and that's uh, where, and that's how your beginnings became in the house because the rhythm masters were remixing a lot of stuff back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, we started. We, all we had was the w, my W thirty, and that's how we started doing the records. And our first remix, because I used to play plus JD Plastic Dreams live. And the RNS were really interested in our version, so that was the first remix that we officially did. I, I remember they gave us five thousand pounds, and for that time in 1994, it was a lot of money, so we could buy samplers, a mixing desk. We actually completely spent it all on equipment, obviously. And that's uh, the thing that people don't understand about, about then mm. is that. You didn't have the band in a box computer, you know, like the laptop with everything. You had to have a full studio, correct? Yeah, of course. And and these pieces of equipment were in cheap, you know what I'm saying? Like a sampler, an Akai sampler was like 2,500 pounds those days, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we, we paid like a big chunk of it. Then the rest was like on credit, you know what I'm saying? Um, so obviously we were just doing music. We weren't doing anything else. So there wasn't a lot of money then. Like, you know, it was very, very like, you know, I mean, I, you have to realize I came from Malta. And like in Malta, there was no one that done anything with dance music ever. So, all my friends, all my family, everyone was like, you're living in your bubble dream world. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and obviously every time there's that, like you have to use that as a challenge to well, work harder, ask, you know, to prove them wrong. Let me know? ask this question. Yeah. Maltese is a Mediterranean mentality. They work hard. They're yes, people yes. that work with their hands. 
Mm. What was the family? What was the family business that was hoped that you would go into? What were they thinking? Oh, uh, my, 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 my dad owned like coffee shops and stuff like that. Like you know, what I'm saying like in the city of Valletta, which is the main main city in in, in Malta. So you know, like. Obviously, they were hoping I would probably do that, but they—I have to be honest. My family just did let me do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't like go, "Oh no, don't yeah, do but, it." Bob, there was like in, in like in my house, it's the same Italian and Spanish. It's the same thing. This is what the fear was. What are you going to be on the street corner playing yeah. the instrument? What are yeah, you? Yeah, you have to realize. I mean, I used to tell them that I did well, but that period i wasn't you know what i'm saying i remember we had like me and steve had like a 50p me electric meter and i remember trying to like saving our akai computer like not akai what was it atari uh computer very quickly so the 50p doesn't run out because we didn't have another 50p hang <laughs> on i knew somebody in london that was able to rig up a, a thread put the thing in and then turn on and pull the coin back out uh, i wish <laughs> i knew that that's like that <laughs> so that's you know nice. yeah the this is called true house stories for the reasons being the realness of it you know yes yes nobody yes. wants to hear i'm playing in front of a million people yeah we know that we see that but we want to hear the part where you're eating from the can of beans exactly you know? I I mean, I remember buying these Tesco sausages. I remember um, whoever what, didn't have money those days, he'll know about these Tesco sausages. And they were like one pound for 20, I remember. And I remember they were tasted amazing those days. Then I tried them 10 years after. And Jesus Christ, I just wanted to see well, what I liked. It's, you know? it's similar to the school kids that ate ramen noodles. Mm, exactly. Yeah. You eat ramen noodles to survive, right? Years mm. later, you have ramen noodles. You go, ugh, what was I exactly. thinking? But at the time, you just, your mind is geared to one place to make it. No exactly. exactly. Uh, and, and you have to do it for the love. We did it for the love. Even me and Tom do it for the love. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the rest comes later. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you don't do it for the love, you won't. I mean, you can do it for the money, but I think you can hear it in the music, can't you? Exactly, and the soulfulness, and the, and 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 you know, you, you know, sometimes you can hear records that don't have life. You know, what I'm saying it's like, oh, you know, well, not sometimes. As no, well. no, you must have passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not put this as a driving force for the intrinsic value. Yeah, yeah. You have to put it for the passion because when the passion is well done, the reward is the money, basically. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Rob, Rhythm Masters becomes a big thing. Mm -hmm. And how does it end? Well, basically, um, it, well, we started like we, we blew up in 1996 and we started our own label dysfunctional and and everything was doing so well um 
And then in 2001, it was like five years, and uh, we kind of found our differences, really. Like, the, like there was difference. We're doing different things. Um, I, you have to realize, from 1993 till 2000, we lived in the same flat or house or whatever we had. We, you know, so we we didn't have any. Uh, all we knew is us and the music. Do you know what I mean? So when we started meeting new people, girlfriends and stuff like that, you know, like things started kind of changing, you know, it's uh, like we were in a way we we were like married, you know, and you have to realize we were still teenagers as well. So it's not like we had any other experiences, you know what I'm saying? So all living, we knew was living the uh, dream. Yeah, Eat, yeah. You know, sleep, repeat. Yeah, Eat, yeah. I'm, yeah. Sleep repeat over oh, yeah. over so yeah we, when we were doing really well we were still like teenagers you know oh yeah still, you know so drinking partying so when yeah. so and you know with the ego was from here to to the to australia you know i mean you think you're great and then like uh, this is the great thing about being older because all that you know it's it's not real do you understand what i'm saying and uh, it's so yeah. funny isn't it because me and you spoke before that like if we'd have met when you had your like personality before or Robin in comparison, like whether we'd get on or not, because we get on like a house on fire now, don't we? But like yeah, there's no yeah, ego yeah. between us at all. Exactly. Like, the thing is, is. It, exactly. And uh, I feel like I'm blessed because Tom, I wish I was like Tom when um, that happened. Do you understand when, like in the, when I was yeah, a teenager? Of course, but, of like, course. Different, different, there's different people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's but that's people. part of the learning experience. If you exactly. knew what you know now, then you wouldn't have made the same mistakes then. As exactly. you do now well, they're not mistakes. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take them back because it was fun. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, so, so, um, so it's 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 not mistakes. It's just like well, things you I, learn what from. I mean, it. mistakes is. Yeah. Sometimes you say to yourself, mm, I wouldn't have done that that way when yeah, you're yeah. older. Because yes. you say, mm, I don't think I would have done it that way. But you, but when you're in it, you don't know any better. So you're no, just going yeah. with the flow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, do it, and you do it for a reason. So like to look back and go, I wouldn't do that. You'd have to take away the reasoning, which would be wrong. Yeah. Wouldn't it? So. Exactly. So, so we're going to put Rob on a hold for a second and let the young Tom yeah. tell us. <laughs> His part of the story with the electric guitar and the bass behind. Uh, oh, that's a conveniently placed. Yeah, so my my journey started at five. I'm 28 now. Um, at the time, I had just started kickboxing with a friend, and we wanted to learn an instrument together. So my mum and his mum uh, sorted us some guitar lessons together, which we were going to once a week, learning like the classic James Bond theme tune and things like that. Song two. Um, he didn't stick at it and I did, went kind of all the way through with it until just before I went to uni. It was never something that like I could see being my job playing guitar, though my granddad wanted that really badly. Um, the production kind of turned itself to be the like the main thing I, I wanted to do. But really at a younger age, like the people around me, so my like dad was really into his um, like uh, like rock, like ACDC, Def Leppard, ZZ Top and all of that. Mum liked her trance music and, and stuff like that. And they both liked the same stuff. There was a lot of overlap between the two. 
So I got a lot of influence from that. And at that age, I was I was in like really heavy metal bands at school, thinking I was the coolest kid out. And I really wasn't like looking back now. It's just deeply embarrassing. Like I wish I could have found a photo of it for you, Lenny, but I, I couldn't. Um, <laughs> me and like a bloody like bring me horizon t-shirt a battle of the bands on see stage. now i'm really disappointed right. i wanted that i asked for that those pictures i know i wanted to picture you going squealing <laughs> into the, the microphone but of course um so i was doing that for quite a few years uh at school like just doing battle of the bands doing like um they were like kind of bring me horizon cover sort of music they're like early stuff so the super super heavy screamo stuff but at the same time i had like friends at school um they introduced me to like jay-z the game um so i was really getting that sort of it so i'd had like a lot of dance music from my parents sort of at school had a variety of like metal hip-hop and stuff like that but a really big influence around that time and he still is to this day, is actually my dad's dad, um, Grampy Cross. So he's 90 next this year in a few months. And he goes out three, four times a week with his piano and still gigs now. And it's the coolest thing. He has like a bunch of backing tracks, goes out, plays to like all the old people homes and like pubs around the area. And he's 90. And like, I swear <laughs> down, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's kept him young. Like at Christmas, we were at mum and dad's and they're over. And he's so on it, like we can take the piss out of each other. Like he he tripped over and we were just like kind of like joking about it. But he's 90 and cracking the jokes like he's 40. It's awesome. Yeah, um, it is. But see that that music has a tendency to do that, and Rob will tell you that as well. You never feel like you're getting old, your yeah. eyes never change. Mm, you're still seeing mm. things as a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. The body may be changing, <laughs> but your eyes are not changing because you're seeing things the same way you saw it then so for yeah, 90 yeah. that's for me i take my hat off to him going yeah i want to party with you okay. you know what I'm saying? like completely completely like just before christmas we went back for like a week at the dad's and like so my parents house is next door to my nan and gramps house and like you can see from my parents driveway like one of their rooms and and they've got a computer in there it's like a really old imac and gramps is there at half 11 at night on band in the box, like putting in chords and stuff for a How Leonard um, like brilliant. song he's going to play next week. And he's just doing this on the computer at like 89, at half 11 at night in December on a cold night because he's got a gig next week like with a saxophonist and a vocalist that he's just prepping the score for it. It's wicked. So that for me was like, it is and has always been super inspirational. Um, we used to do a little kind of jazz open nights together where he'd give me the music and we go along and play we didn't do it that much but it was probably like like once or twice a month for a while which was really nice and that obviously got us really close um so that was kind of my journey up to like uni uh, i'm trying to think if i've missed anything no i'm pretty sure that's it but i was producing from like 18 or so i've been doing it, oh 16 to 18 so i've been doing it like 10 12 years now um but at a level time kind of or year like 10 onwards at school i actually started a disco company so i was like 15 at the time and like my social skills were terrible i was super awkward super like i don't know just not not the cool kid at all um and i feel like music has really helped me come out of my shell with that do you really think 
looking at Steve Rebell from Studio 54, that he was the cool guy who created that club. He looked like Mr. Nerd. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I know a lot of people in this game that you go, you would never think they would be the ones responsible putting this thing together, but they did. But yeah. when you were going to university, what was the thinking process for your career, Tom? Was it you were going to be musical or were you thinking like you're going to be a doctor or rocket scientist? What What's the story here? Uh, it's been music. So I went to a um, download festival in like 2015 with a couple of friends and I saw Bring Me Horizon, uh, Eminem came out and a few other people. And I was sat there and it, it's the first thing I went to properly. And I was sat there thinking that is undoubtedly what I want to do, like head to toe, like goosebumps, like, wow. Like it really moved me. And I, and I, I remember turning to my friend going, that's a bit of me that I can really, I, I can see that being where I want to go with life. And I was really fortunate that my parents have always been super supportive. I was kind of lucky enough to feel it deep enough in myself that I, I kind of wanted that decision firmly enough that they were like, okay, he's serious. So they really supported me and still do to this day, like all the way through my journey. Um, and that's fabulous to have parents that have the, the flag out for you. That's a huge, huge yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, that's definitely. humongous. I wish I had that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. <laughs> uh, yeah. My father, yeah, he was cool with it, but it wasn't until all of a sudden I had a hit record that somebody came to and said, because he's got the same name as me. Mm. They said to him, Lenny, did you make that record? He goes, no, that's my son. So it was like, that was the cool part oh, for, for, right, for a parent right. to find out that your son's making these hit records. But anyway, wow. that's not my story. That's crazy. How, how do you guys, the connection begin? Where does this meeting happen? Well, um, well, basically, after the Rhythm Masters, I moved and started doing like indie dance electro kind of for another 10 years, you know, and I, I toured with Prodigy, Pendulum and all of them for, for 10 years. So I was an emo for 10 years, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then um, in 2016, uh, me and Steve kind of said, should we try again? You know, and um, we formed the Rhythm Masters again. And me and Tom met at a DJ gig, a data transmission, like online DJ gig. And Tom mm. came with some of his friends there and um, we started chatting and um, we kept on chatting so on socials and stuff. And we suddenly we started giving each other ideas, like mm. music ideas, and it started to flow so well that we just went, ah, oh, shit, there's something here like that that could become a really cool act. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how it started. Yeah, because your studio was like 10 minutes from where I was living at the time because I've moved in with my like fiance's family at that point. Um, right. Yeah, yeah insulting. Like, and they've been a massive influence in my musical process too. Like, uh, It's actually funny, just a quick one. So I don't know if you guys know... The Delorme, um, they remixed Turn Me, Kathy Brown Turn Me Out, and we we are releasing this Friday, or by the time this comes out, probably not 19th of Jan, a big version of that on Tool Room. So it's so weird how like it's gone full circle again. It's um, crazy, man. Yeah, it's mad. But yeah, so I was living like 10 minutes down the road. 
So actually, um, you met at at a data transmission gig. Yes. Yeah. And then you started yeah. talking through social media, I presume, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I kept because sending Rob like edits and tunes I were doing at, at the time and like sampling stuff. And he was kind of like feeding back going, oh, do you know what? That's really cool. But why don't you try this, this and this? And I was going away and kind of doing a lot of what he was you, saying. What I like, liked about Tom as well is like, I remember like a, a very, 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 very crazy question that a person would like ask you, you know what I'm saying? And I've been asked this question so many times where you go, I'm thinking of going to work or to uni or con like do music professionally. What shall I do? Do you know what I'm saying? And I told him, if you want to do music, like you have to do it 100%. Do you know what I mean? You can't do both. Do you know what I mean? And he did it. He bought any everything I told him, like, you know, like the Ableton's, like, or everything. He just, like, you know what I mean, went completely, you know, and you see the hunger and the determination of a person there. So, so, so many people I've told that, and you'd never hear that uh, of them again <laughs> because they started working. Or... Well, you can ask me that question to me. You could say to me the question if someone asked me, like Tom would ask me, should I do this? You know what's involved, and my answer would be, leave now, run away. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're not one hundred thousand trillion bazillion invested in this, mm. you'll never make it. Never. No, no. it, it's so true, and also I feel like there's been invested within there's being like there's the whole part of it where are you willing to sacrifice like ha having to learn and about yourself about the industry to go through hardship to like grow as a person grow as a business person a musician a social media like professional these days it's suddenly like being I mean, a producer for me, these days for me the social media thing yeah. obviously i've had to learn so much from tom this is the beauty of this I'm teaching him it's something. It's like a tango. It's like a rumba. It's like it's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yes, I move back. You move forward, yeah. I go back. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Three, yeah. You know, because... It's a 300 mile tango. Tom, <laughs> when Rob was coming up, there was no internet. Yeah, yeah. Rob, when Tom was coming up, there's tons of internet. Fuck there yeah. is, mate. <laughs> when Rob was coming he's on... Born, he's born with this in his hand already. Uh, he's got yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. in his hand. When we were doing it back in the times of the beginning of it was all archaic. So yeah. try yeah. now try telling someone that's used to working an old school way mm. that now music doesn't matter, social media matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Let me say that once more. Yeah. Music doesn't matter. Social mm -hmm. media matters, and that's difficult for someone who's a musician. Of course, passion. How do you balance this? How do you? What did you do? What did you say to me? Definitely, go on, it's, sorry. It's like uh, I know. Obviously, I know so many producers, like from back in the day, that. Um, you know, when they go, oh, fucking hell, they've sampled that again. I can't believe they're copying that record. Oh, my God. But the thing is, 
if you've got that experience, why don't you use it for the new generation as well? This is like another thing, you know. Definitely. And, Definitely. And, and, and again, if social media is so important, which I think is equally as important as their, your records, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like you have to embrace it because you're just going to drown with the dinosaurs, you know That's what I'm saying? Right. That's you right. Know. So so when you guys came together, when was it officially that you said, all right, Rob, Tom, let's do this. Let's let's go and we're going to put these mm. ski masks um. and we're going to go rob banks. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to play this game and nobody's going to know who we are so that we can try to get over and see how long this will go before we get caught. So whose <laughs> idea was it? It was yours, Rob, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was mine. We, we were linking up in Brighton at that point and had like, like quite a few sessions at Rob's studio at the time. Um, got like a batch of music together of like ten, twelve sort of semi-finished tracks. We suddenly go like, "There's kind of a vibe here." You were in between stuff. You were looking at some drum and bass stuff at the time, weren't you? And I was doing kudos with my fiance's dad and just bootlegging stuff to get a presence on soundcloud with djs and stuff like that and you were linking up and going mm, maybe we should do something and you had the idea for who previously didn't you and it never really yeah. got used you know you, like you had the logo and the concept and it kind yeah. of felt right to go let's it's adopt like, that it, and see yeah and like, like let's say let's do this uh we i had the idea of who with the logo from before and um you know, I never really had a partner to do it to it kind of properly. Mm. You know what I mean? So we tried it. Obviously, uh, the concept of the mask, we wanted people like to love us just for the music. And obviously here we were going against like every house music role, social media thing. Everyone wants your personality and everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They want to know everything about you nowadays. So we Definitely. were completely well, going well one of the group did it and did it well out of paris daft punk you know yeah they did it where but, they came out robots the yeah, robots you have to realize robots. like daft punk started not with the masks and then when they had the hits they could have wore nappies because they would have like you know you understand it's like then yeah. then when you have the hits then you and you do the do the robot thing people are gonna embrace it like obviously mm. they're they they're amazing do you know i mean they've changed the sound of a generation no no of so, course no i'm saying this but i remember they were people were saying the robots like it was like wait, 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 wait. these guys are two thomas bangles and the kid comes come on this is not they're not robots so the thing was when i saw this concept for me it was reminding me of a daft punk concept you know? yeah yeah no no mm. no a lot of people thought a lot of people were thinking it, it was them <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, at the beginning that was definitely know. like part of the big inspiration wasn't it but there was another big part as well with the mask where you were just also trying to be cautious rob because obviously you'd gone from like house away from house and back and we were trying to do we still are trying to do like very i'm not going to say purist house but like not going to edm abiding by the house rules like so it fits and is respected by the scene um but still kind of breaking it while still working with like steve angelo and people like that that are big in not the house scene but like still doing it but you wanted to try and 
give it a, like a like a clean slate, no judgment, fresh start. Like this is me and you sort of thing, didn't you, Rob? Yeah, exactly. Like because you have to realize coming from the rhythm masters, I didn't want people to judge our music because of that as well. Do you know what I mean? And um, obviously, I came from South Central. Like and the old the other band I was doing was kind of an EDM drum and bass electro kind of uh, act. So I didn't want anyone to kind of judge my past, like from because of my past, the music. So it was like a clean slate. And after five years, we kind of decided. I think a lot of time passed, and we've proved ourselves with with who musically. Um, mm. And it was time, I think, that, you know. And, and, and because... as well, another point, hey, Tom, was like, because a lot of people, because we were masked, mm. where the look was, they were going, are they in a DM or, or are they a house tech? They're, everything was yeah. like, you know, there Limbo. was a lot of confusion with with promoters and everyone wanted to book us, but the... They want didn't want us want to book us because of the masks either. It was really weird. Like it was really no, weird. It's true. EDM have masks. Uh, house mm. acts don't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and I get that. I get that. You know, like the mouse, dead mouse is a perfect mm. example. He takes the hat off and then he talks to you as not as dead mouse, but then he puts the hat on, it looks like a Mickey Mouse hat. Big hat. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. I like him. He's a good guy. I spoke to him a many a few times over the years. Um, mm. but you're right. It, it those types of personas are looked at in the electronic dance music world, not mm. in the house world. So exactly. it's kind of like, what do we do? Some I can understand some promoters are thinking, oh my god, if I book them with the mask, people are gonna think it's an EDM event. Yeah, because of definitely. the video. Because yeah. of the visual. Yeah. And also that goes both sides. Now, sometimes when you're too house, you're too musical, you can't play those type of events that are EDM-ish. Hmm. So it's six in one exactly. hand. Exactly. Zero in the other. Not even the yeah. <laughs> Six in one, zero. It's like. It's true. It's true. We, we started to do the math of it all and we're like, it's so weird. The the further we're getting through the years and years of who, and the bigger things are getting, the gigs are getting less. And it was like something's not right. You know, we did um, uh, what was that festival we did in uh, France, Rob, with um, oh, uh, um, Madame Loyal. Madame right. Royale. So we played there, and it was in like a big coliseum, two thousand people. It was an awesome event. We played a really French house set. I mean, everybody loved it. We had great feedback. And then the agent couldn't pitch us out because no, nobody in France wanted anybody with a mask that was doing a house act. And you go, okay. And then like a few more stories came back and it was suddenly the only gigs we were kind of getting booked for was contacts that we have that are like, we're kind of like mutually fans of each other. And it was great. Or we did print works with Baker Matt in February last year, which was the craziest gig we've done to date. But Baker Matt is not like a pure house act, so we fit on the lineup with the masks. But it's not like with the masks on, we were going to be booked to go back to back with Green Velvet or MK or someone like that. So after we did all this sort of like, you know, I mean, five years of giving it a go, producing 
for other people in the scene that you know to really have the reputation and remixing a lot of classic records you know we did um Lil Mo Ying Yang and like loads like that as well just to really help the the reputation of what we are trying to yeah yeah Yeah. you know like we are trying to be a serious house artist we're not here for a minute and we're not messing about sort of thing it was like it's got to be the masks like unless somebody's got a vendetta against Rob that they're not telling me (laughs) 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 my previous life sure of course of course and that makes total sense and you know, and I can understand the whole, it's tough. You know, it's a rock and a hard place scenario. You're trying to do an image and you're also going, now what? Now what do we do? Because also it goes back to Rob's original thing when he was a teenager. Now we got to make some money to survive this thing. You know, it's like, you know, the gigs are coming or are we not getting the gigs? Why are we getting, the, why are we not getting the gig? Wait. We got a huge record. We're not getting the gig. When we yeah. had nothing, we were getting the gigs. So it's a yeah. tough, it's a push and pull. Oh, it's crazy because as soon as we took the masks off. Uh, what like, happened? So many I, gigs are coming in. Did yeah. you get a call from Coco Chanel too to do the front cover? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, you, like, like, oh, did you get ready? Did you get Time Out Magazine? Wanted to do yeah, a story on you guys? Like, what happened? We were going, who the fuck is that 20 year old Rob doing? Who is he? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what happened was we basically straight away had a bunch of agents interested and like we've got lots of gigs penciled in this year already like they're all being confirmed over the next eight weeks or so because it's literally it's been such a new thing and everybody was off for christmas like the whole industry just shuts down doesn't it from like early december until mid to late january let's be honest um so like now everybody's back up and started again pretty much from April onwards, we should be gigging a lot, which is awesome. Because also, right, we're writing all these records that are designed and built for the clubs and they're not playing them in a club. So you can't even hear what they're actually like. You know, you can't test records because like we test them on the radio show and like where we can, but I mean, it's such an important yeah, yeah, part. I mean, we, we, we see all the other DJs playing them. <laughs> oh, that actually makes... Which is more important, which is more important than you playing them. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, no, no. But we were, you know, we were, we were really eager to play them. <laughs> like, yeah. we're like oh, kids, you know? Like, we're like, fucking oh, up, when it's our time to play Of them. course, of course. But more importantly, don't forget, you need all of us oh, DJs to play the rap. Definitely. 100%. And, and, and that's we a really that a lot, like. For sure, for sure. And that's actually such a, like, a good point. And it was another thing that we were going, are we doing something wrong? Because, like, there was the list of big DJs playing our music was insane. And like, I'm really not trying to sound boastful at all. It was honestly like mind blowing, you know, like 12 year old me looking at this would be like, surely that's not you. You know, it's in crazy. I like Clapton. Most DJ sets on YouTube have got at least two or three of our songs in from the whole of last year and a bunch of other stuff. But we were going, it's got to be the mask, surely. Like, why are we not gigging? But every big DJ is playing the songs. They're getting the millions of streams. So was it planned for you guys to go to Mr. Jam's show and make this unveiling or that just happened on the car? No, that just happened there and then, do you know what I mean? Like Tom, Tom was like, should we do it? And, and we were obviously talking about it here and there, do you know what I mean? Mm. And kind of it felt the right time, do you know what I mean? It felt like it was the right time. 
Definitely. And, and we yeah. just did it, man. It was mental. Even you have to realize because a lot of people were asking us, did you go to Mr. Jam's show without the mask, then put them on, then take them off? No, we went. Oh, yeah, in. of course. Like he never, Mr. Jam never seen our face. Do you know what I mean? Which is which is mad because we've been working with him for like since the start. He supported really our early records when he was on Radio One. Now I'll um, tell you something from my side. Some of us thought for sure. We didn't know about Tom, but we said, is that right? And I told Tom this before off air. I said, we thought it was Rob from Rhythm Masters, but we weren't sure. We we're like, that's got to be him. It's him. We know it's him because the music is going this way. It's starting to sound more and more like reminiscent to that. You know, the, the older guys would know. The young new guys don't have any reference points. No, so no. You know, if you know the records from back in the day, you go, wait a minute, this sounds like somebody. Wait a minute, I know. Wait, whoa, oh, oh, oh. Because the formula is the formula. You know, yeah. you cover it up, you put a new face on it, but the formula is the formula. You know, Tom <laughs> brings his piece. Rob brings his piece. So you bring the mask off. Mr. Jam looks all excited. Oh, my God. It is all theatrical. We actually know who it is. And right then from there, you guys now no longer masked. And now yeah. we're able to get you on my show, which was nice. And I appreciate you coming on. I sometimes Thank wear you. it for a laugh. Like, no. <laughs> Maybe when you stop at the bank, you put it on, you bring a paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go like this in the paper. Give me a million dollars. But anyway... You know, so now we're looking forward and I'm going to mention this out there to everyone because this is a personal friend of mine when you mentioned about classics and records and you mentioned her name before. Everyone, Kathy Brown, that we all love and revere, has battling, and I've mentioned this on other shows, she's battling cancer, lung and brain, and it's been a tough road. And these two wonderful guys, the who, decided to take one of her classics and mash it up. And I'm going to let them tell the story of this release and how this all came together because it's a big piece to mm. the pie. And Kathy's a part of our legendary history. house. History. <sighs> yeah. So, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Take it away. Tell us about Kathy Brown and the new Rob. single. And the whole Mate, so we, we had the pleasure of working with her. <sighs> Was it just before COVID, Rob, like 2019? Like, yeah, we believe her? Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she did a vocal for us. Um, oh, one second. One question. One quick question. Very mm. important. When Kathy came in the studio, did she have to write a sign, a, a disclosure that she saw your faces and never mentioned who it was? Or did you have your masks on when you brought Kathy in? We oh. sit there in the masks every time. Yeah. <laughs> you sit? No way. Come on. We had a session with Nile Rogers and we're just in the mask at the back with the yeah. mask. <laughs> okay. That's enough of my question. Sorry for interrupting, but I needed <laughs> no. to know that. Part. All good, all good. Um, yeah, so we had a track with her called Believer on our label a few years ago. And I found out the news recently, I was a bit late to the party, that she'd been struggling with cancer. Um, so I said to the boys, that why don't we re-release the track on Beatport with the acapella um, and give all the proceeds to her through our label and distribution to, you know, try and help her. I mean, I can't even imagine how tough a time she's going through. Oh, so man. that, yeah, that happened, I think, November, December last year. 
Then we got a, um, a phone call from Mark Knight and the team saying they absolutely love the idea. Um, and they'd grabbed the classic acapella from Kathy and put it over our track deeper um, with James, her, uh, Mark and James got in the studio together and mashed it up to form this mashup, hence why there's all of us on the record now. And Mark was like, look, like, I love the idea you've got, um, you know, doing a good thing. We've obviously got a bigger reach. We hopefully can make the record big. And everybody's signed away every bit of every right to the record. So whatever payments, contributions, everything, everything goes to Kathy and her family from this record. So um, we went to London last week and did a back-to-back -back with Mark Knight that will push the record that comes out on Friday, which was really cool. That was awesome to do. Um, and you know, we're really hoping that everybody gets behind it because she's trying, I think she's trying to raise $40,000 uh, on her GoFundMe page. And if we can help towards that in any way possible, then. Uh, like yeah. even, even like, you know, cause we had to clear all the sound, like obviously her, mm. her vocal needed to be cleared. Everyone done everything for free here. Do you know what I mean? Every, yeah. Was, great you know what i mean everyone's because yeah. really, i remember really two friends of mine i both know very closely alda marin from cutting records has the single the master rights dave shaw produced it another good friend of mine from back in the day yeah, of course. He produced it so everybody had a i heard every including shannon francis bucks publishing everybody came together as one big happy family to give it a good yeah, pass yeah, yeah literally and i think all this was done in something like under seven two hours from from like an idea that came out as a mashup from james and mark studio in london all the way to the song being cleared and going yeah we're going to put this on tool room it's going to come out january 19th let's go literally less than three days so like everybody's efforts and has been amazing amazing well then then on that that and now we got the gigging we have Time Magazine's Men of the Year. Both <laughs> of you are going to be doing front cover of when they when they pull the masks off. Who are those masked men? <laughs> Rob and Tom, yeah. fellas from the neighborhood, regular guys. Even yes, regular guys can, can become superheroes. You took <laughs> your superhero masks off to show that you're regular guys with a lot of heart. And you really do have a lot of heart. Both yeah, I mean, it, this is it, you know, like music, this, like this record's got a lot of meaning. It's, uh, it's, it's just like, you know, it's got a bigger meaning than just releasing a record. You know what I'm saying? If mm -hmm. you know me. Definitely. And the amount of people involved that have gone, yeah, let's all do a good thing together. Like just proves how amazing the house community is. And also like, that's what house music was always about, wasn't it? Like the love and respect for everybody. So exactly. I feel like even that in itself has done the full circle here to go. Let's give back to like the best cause we can. Let me be clear no, about this, everybody. Right now, everybody's in the love, loving, kissing mode. I remember the wars of the house scene. Oh, really? <laughs> the competitiveness in a good spirit, in a good spirit, yeah, yeah. you know, always with, with love. But it's like any job or sport even if you're playing football or you're in formula one most of the time you hear the same thing everybody's good friends until they get on the field then it, then it changes for that moment and then yeah 
we resume back after as good friends. But yeah. So on the rise to becoming the number one producer remix of DJs of 2024, because you're on the rise to getting there. What's the plan moving forward now, guys? Well, um, we've got a, a new life setup as well, um, which mm -hmm. um, I'm going to like play uh, samplers and keyboards and Tom is going to do the CDJs. So it, yeah. it will be all like there'll be a, a good wicked live element uh, in our shows now as well. We realized uh, like for the past like few years, we've not been leaning into our strengths. So like, Rob, obviously you can DJ and you've always done that. But like your live performance side is where you proper shine, isn't it? You know, and yeah. like we've never even really done that as who. So to have that while I'm DJing, which is my probably forte overproducing, if anything, really, which I'm excited for, um, will be that. But in terms of this year for like music and all that, um, the end of last year, we actually put on a writing camp just for us, which was such a mind-blowing experience to have like vocals coming down every day, vocalists coming down every day. Like we had Angie Brown down and Lisa Lamola. Um, we are forgetting loads, but like loads of vocalists for a whole week. We got like 20, 25 tracks recorded vocally. Um, so at the minute, we're just trying to get the sort of layout of this year sorted. Um, we've got one signed. So we got Turn Me Deeper on 19th of Jan. And then in February, we got something to sweat it out, which is like a big gospel house record. Um, we've got oh, a remix right. of James. Yes. Yeah. We've got a remix of James Hype out in the next month or so. Is it end of January, Rob? Is it? I think so. Yeah. That's a, a, yeah. a yeah end of january yeah and then at the minute we're just on the crazy finish of like 10 15 records um just to try are, this year there's a lot of them have homes while they're getting yeah. finished if you know what i'm saying so. yeah yeah we've obviously got the the record deal with ministry of sound so we are just getting the next two for that finish for this year um because i mean it's, I mean, to be signed to Ministry of Sound, again, like, little me would be like, nah, surely not. And to be here, it's just, it's mad. It, Tom, it blows my mind. Tom, is yeah. it what you thought it would be when you were growing up, now that you're in it? You know, I'm not saying growing up, but you know what I mean? Coming up in the business, you didn't, you didn't have success yet. You're watching it. Is it, yeah. what is, is it, is it really playing out to be what you, in your mind, dreamed of it to be? That's oh, such an interesting question. And I could either speak for 10 seconds or 10 hours on this. <laughs> um, yes, it is, right? I feel like the music industry is just its one of the hardest industries, everybody says it. But what I've learned about myself along the way and even just learning to like enjoy the journey, like ride the lows when they're there, ride the highs when they're there, like knowing that it's all going to even out in the end. You're all gonna, always going to come back to the middle um and just deeping things when they come in like when there's a bit of good news coming in that you signed a record to a record label like you know make sure you you feel it the same as when you first got told it because it's still a big thing like you know having something on ministry of sound i mean it, it's it's insane like i remember going like getting a like a dj competition thing when i was younger and i was meant to go there and it all fell through and I was meant to have this um, like DJ set in Ministry of Sound like where I had a lesson. And instead, it all fell through. And I got some CDs and merch for Ministry of Sound and a tool room with Mark Knight. And recently, we've signed the record deal with Ministry and just done a back-to-back -back with Mark Knight in London. 
So like, I'm just, I feel like to really enjoy it because it's so easy to, to take stuff for granted and be like, oh yeah, we've done that, but how come we haven't done that? You know, like I want to focus on, let's say out of a hundred, we're at 70. I want to focus on the 70 and really appreciate that instead of like, instead of just going, oh yeah, but there's 30 more because otherwise you will endlessly chase because there is no ceiling in this industry. Literally, no, you could be my gramps age and chasing and crying and scraping down label walls trying to get a hit. But like, that's just not how it works. There's so much luck involved. There's so much like who, you know, right place, right time, the right record, the right time. There's the wrong record, the wrong time too. Like we've had so many songs out where I go, yeah, I feel like this is the one deep in my gut. And then, wrong place wrong time wrong record label wrong promo company it could be a million different things but to answer your question long and short yeah it's amazing i'm so grateful to do what we do and i try and remind myself that regularly because i've got friends that work nine to five or have worked nine to five and are just coming in the music industry and are on that like low end trying to get into it and it's easy to forget what the struggle is like where you're trying to get those like ten thousand hours and for me, it's like just getting the consistency at this point where I have a boring same routine where I'm up at the same time, get in the studio, get the hours in, work on lots of things um, and try and keep the fun of it there. You know, like the experimentation, they're like not working on just one thing. So like me and Rob are fortunate with our ins inspirations and opportunities, like we're doing a game soundtrack at the minute that ranges from like techno, house, drum and bass, indie. And it's a six tracker soundtrack. but it's just keeping that um keeping it fresh and like fun because it's so easy for it to get heavy and disheartening and like oh we've had a big label say this and oh it's only got x amount of streams or no djs have supported it but the industry you've got to take the wins when they come i promise you because otherwise it will be the most depressing thing you'll ever do get into the music industry but if oh. you look at it the right way oh sure, sure. It, it can let be me, the complete opposite let me make now let me ask rob the question appropriate to him now <laughs> rob you being a veteran mm. coming from nothing into something like a mm. roller coaster changing gears and going out doing the live circuit for years did yeah. you ever think it would come back around again like this for you in house music again what i feel lucky is like i think um um it's why it's a very vital point why there's still that veteran that is still connected to the young generation what happened is when i finished with the rhythm masters and started south central which is like this electro band i still stayed like i went back to the young generation again you know what i mean i i, I didn't stay with the old house producers still making the same house music of before and reminiscing you know what i'm saying that that period i think then obviously i've moved genres i mean i wasn't doing any house music at all do you know what i mean like it was just like guitars amps it was crazy so, so i completely changed and then I um, I moved to like electro dubstep drum and bass. So I've learned all those genres still stayed with the young generation. So when I met Tom, 
I kind of could understand his mentality. Like, do you understand? I it's really hard to say it in in a in a, a way where I think. Well, I probably was. People can understand what I'm trying to well, say. Well, I, I'll put you like this. It sounds like you didn't get bitter. No, you, no. You looked for the young. You looked for the the next cool thing, which was yeah. The, but the, the, it was. It, it, that's what I felt to do, if, if, if you know what I mean. I didn't actually think that's the cool thing. Let me do that. I, I just felt like <laughs> doing it. Rob, I've got this image of you with a clipboard in your head going, I need a 23-year-old male that's good at house music. Yeah. Like looking at <laughs> you obviously didn't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> I, it, it, this is like it's what like, Tom was saying. It's like almost saying, saying Tom, hang on, Rob. It's like almost saying, like, I need to get a facelift, but we're not going to do the surgery. We're just going to change up and do something a little different. Yeah. Freshen the shit up and get out there and make some things happen. Yeah. And obviously, um, I don't know, like, I always believed in doing what I feel musically. And the success came because of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I always said this to Tom, obviously, because obviously he was new to this to the business. Um and now, obviously, he can see that and he can do his own thing. Do you know what I mean? Obviously. But, like, um, I I wish I had... But the, the, the good thing about Tom is, like, he listens. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was his age and someone is telling me that, probably I wouldn't have listened. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a completely different... <laughs> you know what I mean? See what I was saying to you before about that thing? When you look back, you say, hmm, I wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the thing is, um, like, those days, in the beginning, there wasn't that the thing before because it was That's new. Right. You understand? There was no regulations. There no. was no way of doing anything. You had to yeah. kind of go with whatever you went and say, exactly. if it works, it works. If it doesn't. Now there's a whole business behind it, you know what I mean? So definitely, definitely. And there's things as well that like work so nicely in parallel, like our our love for just such a variety of music that like I mean our tastes overlap so much, don't they, Rob? Where yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. inspirations where like you you sort of are the old school and me the new school, and then we kind of do that and come back to the middle yeah. where there's the inspirations where it's fresh, but there's like there it's not so modern that you go it's kind of throwaway but there's that class to it but even in our personal listening and like outside yeah. of who and house music what we work on together and all of that like it's so exactly. in line isn't it exactly yeah. like for example uh, you know like sometimes when you hear drum and bass and stuff like where in the middle of the drop the bass changes like in house music for example it stays th the same all the way but what about if the bass changes in the middle of the drop of a house rate? Like stuff like that, you can learn from other genres. Like it's so important to listen to other producers and genres. You know, like don't just listen to house music if you're doing house music. Listen to a lot. Of, I'm obviously speaking to the listeners here. <laughs> yeah, right. In other words, broaden your horizons. Yeah, yes, yes for sure. 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 I have one last one of my question. Things. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tom. Before I, I have one main question, 
that has been on my mind, kind of like scratching at me with the way social media is. Has Peter Townsend from The Who contacted you guys about the name? <laughs> no, he hasn't. <laughs> Okay, you know, we're, we're 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 not the who we're who but with the zero at the end and it's trademarked as well so we're all right there legally oh, yeah. we see yeah. there's your answer yeah i wanted to hear oh god yeah it's been a great journey i mean you guys you know i i can only say i wish you you know tremendous amount of success onto the next part of it because i know you're going to be gigging all over the place and i like the idea of the live with the DJ, I think it's it's appropriate. I think it's needed. It's, it's going to have mm. you guys stand out. You yeah. need to stand out I, act. You know, are you yeah. also going to have singers on there too with these live shows? Or are you just going to do just not no, to start no. with? Not we want to keep it like Dead Club if we can to start with, just to like you're there and you're experiencing us giving you a performance sort of thing. And then you know, if there's if there is like a booking for a main stage massive festival somewhere and um, we've just had a big single out yeah we bring the singer along they sing the big single and we do the set sort of thing well glastonbury like, will be calling soon don't worry about that you'll be doing the <laughs> stage in glastonbury yes please <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. well i want to wish you guys a great amount of success in 24 25 26 27 28 29 and 30 to come in front because i think you got some good years ahead of you to really you, set man. some, you know, precedents. Um, this music's not going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, no. I see it, it's evolving to even a bigger level. It's getting oh, bigger and bigger. Yeah, okay. it is, it's so true. Is, EDM so people true. are starting to come to the house side now. It's like they're, they're leaving yeah. the dark side. They're coming to the colorful yeah. side. They're leaving yeah. the dark side. They're coming to the yeah. colorful side. That's what All happened. All the Americans want to come to the UK labels now, and all the UK people want to go to the American labels. Well, there's not really is, not many American labels at that level, except like Insomniac, which is more the EDM stuff. Or, you know, mm. they're even starting to um, mm. touch the house stuff now. They're starting yeah, to realize that there's the market's evolving, it's changing yeah, again. Definitely. Even higher ground, I, all of that seen, yeah, they're all getting on it quick, which is. Which yeah, is great. Yeah. It's great for all of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we cycle again in the cycle of house music life to come through again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. On that note, everyone, exactly. I want to thank the who for a fantastic you, time telling us your story. Um, and it was, and, and, and I'm so glad you got real deep with us and um, Rob, you're a legend, mate. Don't Thanks. stop. Tom, you're about ready to become a legend. <laughs> Thank you very much. I you're appreciate you. Bronze to silver. Rob's in <laughs> silver to gold. Rob's in gold <laughs> level. You're coming up now. You're going to yes. be a legend soon yourself because the more singles that become huge, the more it locks in the talent, the more shows what you have out there, and the more everyone can keep stop saying you guys ain't shit because you are shit. You're doing it. <laughs> you know, of course. To be reckoned with the who everyone yes. thank you I got kathy thank brown single watch all the singles coming up get yeah. your tickets for them wherever they come all over the uk their dates are coming out april yeah. may june july they'll be probably doing australia next year all that yeah. stuff the Lenny, who. one the question who. for you mate before we shoot i'm i'm trying to listen to a hundred albums this year that i've not heard before can you recommend me one me yeah yeah chicago Oh yeah, 
Okay. Chicago One, the gold album. 2564. Okay. Shit. I haven't heard that. I will that. listen to it. And listen, when I started out making music, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago, Ramsey Lewis, uh, I listened to Chick Corea. I listened to all that jazz stuff, Roy Ayers, to make the records that we were doing in the late 80s and 90s that were reminiscent to the disco sound. Yeah, and yeah. now, in this time, I'm getting those same people coming to me, knocking at my door, saying, can you do what you did in the 90s? It's like, okay. <laughs> it's mental. So when you look at the 90s, it's like looking at the 70s with a mirror. It's like crazy. Yeah. So Chicago. Yeah. That's crazy oh, how it works. So it's nice. the truth. And then I'm I'm doing stuff where I'm going, is that how we did it back then? Yeah. That's how we <laughs> did it back then. Except with the technology. Instead of it being, say, a Juno 106, the Juno 106 is in the board. Or whatever mm. I'm using, whatever keyboard. Or, you know, stuff. It's crazy now. Such That's a different... Wild. So Chicago is definitely a band I would say invest your time in. I will. I will. I, I've heard of him player, a few, but... Street player Kenny Dope sampled. Of course. Mate, I forgot they did Street Player. No, but the early stuff, you listen to the horn sections and how they laid everything out. It's a bunch mm -hmm. of jazz musicians that were in high school together that became rock guys. That's and great. they became rock guys in 1970, a rock band that before there was anything like that on the radio, they were there creating the road to what mm. came after. Chicago yeah, they yeah. band, Santana, Chicago, Led Zeppelin, all were around that same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's insane. So Sun that's your was... listening. That's I what will. I'm telling you, Chicago. Okay. My town, Chicago is. <laughs> <laughs> For house music, too. That's where Chicago, that's where it comes from. The start of it was in 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 Chicago. Yeah, New York made it huge, but Chicago was where it really started. Exactly. The music that all you guys do, you must thank all the Chicago guys because those are the guys that helped formulate the sound that we will play now. 100%. Mm. And on sure. that note, everyone, have a good evening. Thanks for tuning in to our stories. And the who will keep you whoified. <laughs> yes, Thank you, everyone. Have a good Thank one. You, man.